It's a new day, it's a new week, but we're still talking the same thing that makes you smile, that's being Alabama football. You're locked and loaded onto the hottest show on the streets, the number one form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, information that you will not find anywhere else, that being in my own words, with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, coming to you from Tuscaloosa, streaming this to you via YouTube. Speaking of the channel, go ahead right now, drop a like on the show, give a thumbs up, but most importantly, hit that subscribe button and turn on all of those notifications so that you can have the best news, notes, alerts, updates on your favorite program, that being the University of Alabama. It is because of you, the passionate, the joyous Alabama football fan. We're over 9,000 subscribers strong on the channel, so definitely want to continue to encourage you to help us grow the network. But today, a lot to get into, a lot to talk about. We want you being part of the conversation, and we start things off by saying what's up to the other man in the room, the better half of the show, the man putting that flavor in your ears every time we do this. That's John Ivory. John, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here on a Monday. We got a great show lined up. Make sure y'all share the show and like the chat up with your comments and let's get it. It's going to pop in indeed. And we want you being a part of the conversation. And you can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That number right there. 205-448-1358. And one more time in case you didn't hear me. 205-448-1358. You can even text with that number leave a voicemail with that number we want to hear from you your thoughts your viewpoints what are you feeling when it comes to crimson tide football but we jump things into the first topic of conversation here folks and it's you know why should fans or should Alabama fans should you guys be able to trust Pete Golding a defensive coordinator and trust this defense for the 2020 season and now, for a lot of you Tide fans out here, the idea is if I was to go to Las Vegas, right, or if I was to go to Biloxi, Mississippi, I'm not the gambling type, but let's just say, you know, I went there and I'm playing the slot machine, right? Do I have enough trust and enough faith in Pete Golding and this defense to play the slot machine and, and this group can get me to a national championship. Or if I'm feeling even more frisky and I try to go over there and play the crap table over there, the crap table, and I'm trying to roll 7-11 or whatever the big numbers are nowadays, and do I feel like I can trust, or do you as the fan base feel like you can trust Pete Golding, and this Alabama defense enough to where if you were to play the crab table and you're rolling and you're feeling hot, do you feel like you can hit 7-11 every time you know, with this Alabama defense? And, and the reason why a lot of you are asking these questions is you go back and you look at the last two seasons, uh, 2018, where Alabama wins the SEC championship, it gets to the college football playoff. It takes on Clemson in the national championship game against a freshman quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, a freshman wide receiver in one Justin Ross, and Alabama was not able to get the consistent pass rush to the quarterback, which is the reason why you know, Trevor Lawrence had a field day throwing the football. I and mean, then, of course, this past season where you know Alabama – not able to beat LSU, not able to beat Auburn, does not win the SEC title, uh, misses out on the college football playoff for the first time since 2014, doesn't win or doesn't even compete for a, a, a national championship. And uh, even though injuries played a huge role in that, you know, the last two years really bothered, really angered, really upset, you know, Alabama fans. So, so you, you guys wonder, you know, can we trust, should we trust um, Pete Golding, should we trust this defense in it, you know, getting us back to the national championship and winning it? And uh, I'm going to tackle the first part of this question in Pete Golding first because two of the guys that people have great respect for as one-point-in-time coordinators at Alabama, that would be Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt. People have great respect for those two individuals, those two men, as they're now head coaches 
in the conference. No, both of these two did not win national championships in their first season under the primary, under the main, uh, you know, tag of defensive play caller or defensive schemer or defensive coordinator. They did not win a national championship in their first season. The first season for Kirby Smart was 2008. He didn't get one. Now, the first season for Jeremy Pruitt was 2016. He did not get one. Both of, despite how great the 2016 defense was, by the way, but... No, both guys, year two was the charm for them. Year two in 2009 for Kirby Smart, national championship. Year two for Jeremy Pruitt, 2017, national championship. So, Pete Golding is in some pretty darn good company right now because 2018, though that was his first year at Alabama, you know, he was the co-DC. He shared things with Taj Lupoy. You know, last year was his first year as the primary play caller. This is about to be, you know, year two for him. So Golding's in pretty good company now. But in terms of the, the second part of this question, can you trust this Alabama defense in terms of the players on the field? I'm going to go at that, you know, like this. And uh, you know how when Alabama's had players to uh, – go off to the NFL draft or leave because of graduation and you as the fans you kind of look at everybody leaving you're going oh man he gone uh, we're losing him we just saw tiny Tim have a great year he leaving us you know little Mo with the gimpy leg he finally was able to turn up and now he gone we losing big Mike over here like the cupboard's bare like what the heck is going on? Like, you, you lose players to the draft. You lose players to, to graduation. And I remember you know, between the years of 2016 and 20, you know, the 2016 through 2018 draft, you know, Alabama lost 18 players to the league. And, you know, these were the players where you had a lot of stock in. These were the Reuben Fosters, the Reggie Raglins, the Ashawn Robinsons, the Jaron Reeds, the Jonathan Allens, the Tim Williams, the Ryan Andersons, the Eddie Jacksons, the Minka Fitzpatricks. All of these guys that had, you know, weight on their names that you trusted that you depended on, that you relied on. And when they all started leaving back and forth, you're like, mm, man, I, I hate he gone. I would love to have another year with him. I would love for Bama to have another year with him. I would love for Bama to have, to have another year with that player and that player. And, you know, you looked around and it was like that scene from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Will Smith walks in the house and he looks around and everything's gone. <laughs> and Will is completely depressed as he looks around and everything's gone. That's how, that's how it would typically be. In terms of Alabama football, when you lose so many guys to the draft, and uh, of course you would have some fans go, well, don't feel bad, don't be upset, don't worry about it. Alabama's got the next four-star, the next five-star waiting in the wings or just ready to go in the game and take over and you know, replace that guy. And you have other fans going, well, can he do what Jonathan Allen did? Well, can he do what Deron Payne did? Well, can he do what that guy did? I mean, let's not make it seem like the guys that left were just chopped lever. Those guys that left were marquee guys. Can these players that you're talking about do the same things that the players that left this program did? But when you look at this past New Alabama team, you're not seeing a whole lot of that because, I mean, let's just be honest, from this past team, there were only two players, two players that Alabama fans feel like, man, if we can have another year with him, man, would love to have this guy back in the season. And one guy was a bit more important than the other. Both guys happened to be Xavier McKinney and Anthony Jennings. And uh, this is no offense to Raekwon Davis, who was a good player. This is no offense to Terrell Lewis. Uh, this is no offense to Trayvon Diggs or Shaheem Carter or Jarrett Maiden. But, you know, you as fans, honestly, you don't feel that way about those guys. I mean, you don't feel like, man, I would love for Bama to have Raekwon Davis another year. Man, I would love for Alabama to have Terrell Lewis another year. I would love for Trayvon Diggs or Shaheem or Jarrett Maiden to be back another year. I mean, although those guys were good players, you just don't feel like that because when the games mattered, right, 
when the lights were at their brightest, right, and we were looking for Raekwon Davis to just rip the quarterback's head completely off his body, uh, he did not show up in those games against LSU and Auburn. He just did not show up in terms of the stat column. The same thing for Oh, Terrell Lewis. I mean, Terrell had some good moments. He had some big moments. But when the lights were at the brightest, you were looking for T. Lou, and it was like number 24 just did not want to walk outside the front door of his house. It's kind of the same thing when you look, talk about, you know, a few other guys. Now, Jared Maiden surprisingly had a really big year. But, you know, you, you really looked at Jennings and McKinney, and, and more so McKinney, because McKinney was a junior this past season. He was kind of torn about what was he going to do. He had a huge year this past year, and then the offseason, you know, part of McKinney was like, I got a chance to be an instant multimillionaire if I go to the draft, but I can come back to Alabama, be reunited with, you know, my teammates and have a chance to leap his defense to you know a national championship as a starter of course he chose the route to go pro and Bama fans not disappointed in him for making that decision but you still go darn if we had X another year like X with Jordan Battle Whew, that would be sexy X with Jordan and Sertan and man if we had X back that'd be really really good and you know McKinney he and Jennings were both named team captains after you know, this past season, of course. Unfortunately, due to, the, due to the coronavirus, they were not able to have their handprint and their cleat print cemented at Denny Chimes. But when you even look at Nick Saban, I mean, Nick Saban appreciated Trayvon Diggs. He appreciated uh, Jarrett Maiden. He appreciated Carter. He appreciated Raekwon Davis and Terrell Lewis. But when Nick Saban had press conferences, and I was at every single last one of those press conferences. When Nick had press conferences and the reporters would fix their mouth to say, you know, Coach Saban, who was those players that you could depend on? Who were those players that you could rely on? You know, who were those players that you knew if you had to go to the well to get some to make something happen, these players could make something happen? And every time Nick Saban would bring up Xavier McKinney and Anthony Jennings, he would be like, man, X is such an instinctive player. I mean, he's a great guy. He does a phenomenal job playing with the box. He can play the coverage lanes. Uh, you know, very, very passionate player, a guy that you know, makes big plays for us. You know, we appreciate X for everything that he does on this football field. I mean, Xavier McKinney is a class act guy. And then he'll go to Anthony Jennings and kind of say, you know, the exact same things. Not saying that, you know, Ray Kwan or those other guys weren't good players, but McKinney and Jennings will be the main two guys coming out of Coach Saban's mouth every single time. So you lost those two main guys to the draft. But, you know, Bama fans, the reason why you can trust this defense, all of the players that you hold in high esteem, they're all back. Like, you look at this cupboard here, you're like, Dylan Moses is still here. Uh, Joshua McMillan is still here. Um, uh, LeBron Ray is still here. Christian Barmore is still here. Fidarian Mathis is still here. DJ Dale is still here. Why, Christian Harris, who had a great freshman year, he's going to be even better. You know, he's still here. Shane Lee had some great moments, and he's still here. Patrick Sertan's still here. Josh Job's still here. Daniel Wright's still here. Jordan Battle in the secondary's still here. So all of the main pieces that were in the cupboard, they're still there. They're still there. They're incredibly hungry. And as I mentioned you know, on last week's show about how, you know, those guys saw the last two years when I do not pay attention to what Coach Saban and this coaching staff is requiring me to do when I'm not locked in, when I'm not focused, when I'm not doing my job, I see what happens. I see the domino effect. I see, you know, Alabama losing football games, which it gets on the president's nerves, the chancellor's nerves, the AD's nerves. It gets on Saban's nerves, the coach's nerves. It gets on the player's nerves, and it gets on, of course, you the fans because you want a team to brag about you want something to be excited about you want something to be hyped up about so when we're not paying attention and we lose everybody 
you know, is affected by it. So, you know, Tide Nation, all, all of those players are back. Everybody that you have in high esteem is in that cupboard, and they're ready to go out there and do some big-time things. And with Pete Golding in front of this thing, year two, Kirby Smart didn't win in year one, won in year two. Jeremy Pruitt didn't win in year one, won in year two. So he's in some really good company. You can go off a slot machine and you can bank on this Alabama defense and Pete Golding hitting in the upcoming season. Well, we go to our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. We are just getting started on a Monday. Upon our return, we unpack your phone calls, your questions, your tweets, your thoughts, your chats, your concerns. And it's coming after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We are locked and loaded, folks, on or from the break on a Monday. How to show on the streets, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, the man John Ivory in the building, and it's your time, Bama Nation, 205-448-1358, but I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358, and we lead things off with the man, the myth, the legend, the best caller in the game, Wayland. Wayland, what's going on, man? It's Monday. Hope, hopefully, you're doing well hey hey it's monday we on tda live what more do i need to say what's going on steve doing good man doing good just uh have a start that first segment off my man with you know pete goldings in some good company it's year two kirby won a title in year two so did pruitt so you know goldings in some good company but then also you got a great mixture of experience and young talent on this defense. So for the first time, you kind of go to your kitchen cabinet and you look inside that cupboard, and that cupboard is pretty full. It's not bare. No, we've got to have confidence in the players we've got this year. A lot of players coming back from injury from last year, and, uh, you know, that's what we've got to do. And, uh, you know, we've got some uh, different coaches down there that don't have different uh, effects on people, I think. And uh, we're just going to – uh, Alabama's defense should be back on uh, back on uh, target this year. Uh, in the secondary, we got to step up in the secondary and quit letting these uh, wide receivers get behind us. Everything will be just fine, I think, Stephen. I think the biggest thing with the secondary weighing is just you know trusting what you're doing out there on the field. I mean, Patrick Sertan. Josh Job, Jordan Battle, Daniel Ryder, whomever the mixture of five guys that Coach Saban wants to put on the field. It's not that they don't know what they're being taught because they do. I mean, they've played ball since they were all, you know, youngsters. So they, they know what they were taught to do. It's just getting out there on the field and trusting that and not having that fear. You know, it's, it's you against the wide receiver. If you know that you're better than that wide receiver, you know, own it. Playing like you know you're better than that wide receiver. Exactly, and I saw the poll you had on uh, uh, YouTube there with the great eyes and uh, Irv Smith Jr. and asked that question. I had to throw uh, that one out there, man. I had to do it. <laughs> well, you know, tied in. We've had a lot of good players that tied in at Alabama, but that's one position, you know, we've had very few great players at. But Ozzy, Ozzy was one of them. Uh, you know, he was he was the best of the best, and. And the next man behind him, as far as I'm concerned, is O.J. Howard, and then you know Earl Smith Jr. But you, you always go back to you always go back to the O.Z. Man, he he was the best of the best. No, Ozzy was not only a phenomenal tight end as coach, you know, Bear Bryant called him one of the best he's ever been around, but, you know, Newsom also turned around and became a great GM in the NFL. He helped the Baltimore Ravens win, win a couple of Super Bowls there. 
Exactly. He's done a lot. A lot of people have forgotten a lot of that. But we're going to try to get out of here, get some more people in the queue. We didn't do a poem, but we've done this. We're having uh, a lot of trouble here in the United States. And, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't understand why this is the greatest country in the world. Uh, why we should be doing this, Stephen? I, I don't understand it. I, I don't either way, and, and it just it, it 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 comes down to you know once again us as a nation getting getting to an understanding of being able to hear everybody's viewpoint out. That's the big thing, being able to hear everybody's viewpoint out. You know, as a country and as a nation, and once we get to that point then we're going to be very much better in finding those solutions. But as always, Wagon, we appreciate you calling all the time. But, but, but you got your poem ready. Well, yeah, it says, we're going to do 46 and 10 songs. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And you know what that means is the praises for God being a source of power and salvations in times of trouble, Stephen. That's what it boils down to. So, that's what we've got to do in this country. We've got to come together, and like, just like the football teams have to come together, and we've got to be uh, one people and one accord and, and one mind, and everything will be just fine. But we'll holler at y'all again on Wednesday. Hello to everybody in the chat, and we'll be back on Wednesday. Thank you, Stephen. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Appreciate waiting for that call there on Monday. We continue with another call in the queue. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's up, Stephen M? It's your boy Bama RLG. Just wanted to holler at you this evening. Talk a lot about football man? for a minute. What's up, man? I'm good, man. I I cannot complain here, man. It's Monday. We're talking Bama football. So what's what's on your mind right now? Well, really, you know what? I just wanted to real quick. I've been kind of looking over the schedule for the 2020 season, kind of grouping it into to games of three and breaking it down. Looked at USC earlier today, and I just really don't see any way that that game's even close, to be honest. Um, I don't think they have the horses on defense to slow Alabama down, and I expect the result to be much like it was the last time we played USC. Um, Georgia State, week two, again, not going to really be an exciting matchup. But then I looked at week three inside Bryant-Denny, and, you know, when it comes to discussing Alabama football and the, the rivalries that we find ourselves involved in nowadays, I want all the smoke. So I'm sitting here looking at that week three matchup, and really I just wanted to call in and, and discuss it and let the Georgia fans that might be sneaking in listening to some of this know that week three is not going to look good for the Bulldogs. It's going to be a good matchup, man, in week three. I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, my man, Ricky, we, we appreciate you calling in. We're going to get back to you at, at some point later on. we got a lot of people in the chat line right now in the call in. But we appreciate your thoughts, man. Roll Tide. Got another caller in the queue here on a, on a Monday, excuse me. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? This is Eric from uh, Dallas, Georgia, Stephen. How we doing there, Eric? Doing fine, doing fine, man. I just wanted to talk on uh, on your topic this uh, this evening, man. And I really do think in uh, in year two, I think Pete's going to be fine. Um, I think we just need to settle down. And I also believe that with the addition, with you know Freddie Roach, and um, you know another year with Sal, and of course the big addition with um, let's see uh, with uh, with um, with all the defensive people that we have, I, I just really think we're going to be a lot better. Of course, you know, we have Dylan Moses back there. And um, I just think it, I, I just really do feel, especially with the, the strength and conditioning, that addition. Uh, we, and another thing, too, is, you know, we can't be so quick to just get rid of, you know, after one bad season, a coach. You just, you, you're going to have to let him settle down. He's still, he's still young. And, you know, not saying he's a Kirby smart, but, you know, I think Nick is going to let him, you know, uh, have the reins just a little bit. And uh, it, it, I think it's just going to be a good, season, a good season on that defensive side. I believe the same thing. I, I think this is a situation where Pete Gold is a smart guy. He's an intelligent guy. Uh, the players love him. He's a 
very fine recruiter on the trail. It's just, you know, last year he endured a rough situation. He had injuries. He had to kind of overcompensate some things, but a healthy roster, new strength and conditioning staff, as you mentioned, having uh, Charlie Strong in here as well plays a big role. So I'm excited to see, you know, what Pete Golding and this entire defense puts together. I think it's going to be a much improved group, but my man Eric, we appreciate the call, man. You keep listening to us. Hey, thanks so much, Stephen, man. You take care, man, and roll time. Appreciate that call there coming from Eric. We got another call here on a Monday as you guys lighten this up here. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, this is uh, Battle of Sports Media. How you doing? Doing good in yourself. I'm doing pretty well. I wanted to talk some Alabama football. I uh, On my own channel today, I made a video talking about um, Alabama and Georgia. And and I guess it kind of came up because I was thinking about the uh, week three game, which I'm sure we can all agree is one of the most anticipated uh, games uh, of the 2020 season. Um, and, uh, you know, and I wanted to get your thoughts because I kind of was thinking, and some people have said that Alabama and Georgia are somewhat of a rivalry. And I wanted to get your thoughts. Do you see Georgia as a rival? of Alabama or is it one of those? Cause I know we don't play every year. It's not like a traditional type of rivalry, but when you look at recruiting with Kirby smart and uh, Nick Saban, you know, there's kind of a battle there. I think it, it, it is a battle in recruiting. And then now with Scott Cochran joining forces with right. Kirby Smart, that adds a little bit more to that, you know, rivalry due to, you know, Cochran was at Alabama for, for 13 years. So, it's um, you you can definitely look at it. it. It may not be on the same level, I guess, as an Auburn or an Alabama LSU, but Alabama Georgia in terms of recruiting rivalry, in terms of Scott Cochran joining Kirby Smart and the familiar faces on both sides. Rivalry week three, September nineteenth, will be an awesome matchup. I will more than likely be at Bryant Denny if the good Lord willing and being there covering that game. So it'll be awesome. But Chris, we appreciate the call. Many of your thoughts. Keep listening to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking my call. Real tight. We got another caller in the mix right now. You're live on In My Own Words on a Monday. What's going on? Steven, what's up, man? This is Joe Cleesey, man. Just want to call in and say, man, look, uh, only thing I can say about this year's team, man, I just want them to be more consistent, especially on D. I think the D is going to be a whole lot better this year, man. Um, other than that, man, I don't, I don't have too much to say, man. I just want everybody to enjoy their Monday evening, man. appreciate you taking my call, brother. Absolutely, and, and, and I echo that. I mean, off, offensively, Alabama's going to be fine. You have all the offensive talent in the world. Defensively, as long as this group can remain consistent and not just consistent, but on top of being consistent, you know, get some explosive plays, being able to, you know, affect the quarterback some, get some sacks, create some turnovers, just have that continuity from front to back. As long as Alabama can have that continuity from the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, and Coach Golden is confident in what he's calling, which I believe he will be, this group will be just fine, or better than fine, in the upcoming season, but... But absolutely, man. But I appreciate the call. Hey, no problem. Thank you, man. Enjoy your, enjoy your evening. You do the same as well. Well, folks, appreciate you guys lighting us up here in the call line. 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call it to let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. We go to a break here on the show. But upon our return, we dive into one. Is this the moment for Ben Davis? Got some information that we're going to get into is this the year Ben Davis finally makes his mark? We'll talk about it after this. If you want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. 
Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We're back in from the break here on the hottest show on the streets in my own words. We had a call there in the line before we went to break there. Be, go, go ahead and call in the second seg, the second call segment. So be sure to call in in the second call segment that for you know that viewer that had called in you know prior to us going to break or while we were in the break. But now as we're back into the action on the show here, we look at one uh, Ben Davis. Is this the moment for Ben Davis, the former five-star out of Gordo High School in Alabama, to make his mark? I got a text today from a couple of sources here, or one main source, and a few, a couple of others may, a couple of others kind of co-signed it, but got a text in talking about how. You know, Ben Davis has been uh, sort of talking to, you know, people around him, people close to him about he feels really confident about him starting this season for the Crimson Tide as a redshirt senior at one of the two outside linebacker spots. And this is big because Ben has been through a whole lot. (laughs) And, you know, this is somebody that comes in the 2016 class, everybody was – Really excited, high energy, pumped up, really glad to have him in Tuscaloosa, especially, you know, seeing how his father, you know, Wayne Davis, the all-time leader in total tackles, 327. And people just felt like Ben was going to come in, pick up where his dad left off, keep the legacy going, keep the thing running. And he's had, you know, some rough patches. You know, being 2016, he redshirted his – initial freshman year and then 2017 and, and 2018 combined he played in about two to three games and then last year for the first time he actually got in a bit more action you know he played in 11 games in 2019 he had four tackles one tackle for loss one sack but but, but it felt like things finally started to kind of click and come together for him mentally as well as physically against Mississippi State last year and um, I remember that game, you know, State was losing in that matchup. Alabama was having success offensively and defensively. It was playing, you know, solid football. And Tommy Stevens was at quarterback. And I remember Stevens takes the snap out of the gun. He drops back. All of a sudden, I see this torpedo knifing through the B-gap and just completely destroys Tommy Stevens on the ground. And all of a sudden, you know, I see the guy get up. And he's wearing number one. It was Ben Davis. And he was jumping around, hopping around, excited like he was a, a child in a candy store finally getting his first taste of Reese's Cup. I mean, excited about it. I mean, he was genuinely happy about it. And I remember Jarrett Maiden, you know, former Alabama safety of whom uh, came in the same class as Davis, you know, he spoke on the hit that Ben had. You could here, literally here, like an earthquake, here, the pads popping on that hit, like, and when when Maiden heard it, he instantly comes around wondering, okay, who made that sack? Where did that sound come from? And when he found out who it was, he was overjoyed, like, he couldn't have been any more proud of that moment for Ben, and it was kind of that moment to let him know, you can do this, like, you can play this game. Like, you can play at this level. Like, when you have a work ethic and you lock in mentally and you finally do all the things, the dirty work to go around with you having the physical talent and you put it together on the field, something special can happen. Something special is bound. Something positive is bound to happen. And, you know, here's a young man that has seen about three to four to five recruiting classes come in after him and guys being 
packed on top of him and a, a revolving door at, at linebacker where he's, he's seen guys coming in and out. He has seen players get drafted. Between the 2016 and 2017 recruiting classes, seven different players on the defensive side of the football got drafted, including two linebackers in Mac Wilson and Terrell Lewis. I mean, on top of that, you know, Ben has also seen where he's saw guys to enter the transfer portal. And people in college football, they don't like the term five-star bust, especially in Alabama football. Alabama fans do not like the term five-star bust because you see these guys in high school. You see these guys, they're larger than life. They perform well. They play well. They're monsters. They get these star ratings, and especially when they get the five-star Fans are rushing to the TV, they're rushing to the internet, and they're going, wow, you know, he's really good, he's really talented, he's really dynamic, you know, I wish the best for him, I hope the best for him, I want the best for him, and, you know, when those guys don't pan out, and when they're labeled as a bust, you know, Bama fans, you, you guys get very hurt, you guys get sad, you guys get upset, I mean, uh, we, we look back at at Star Jackson, we look back at Phillip Sims, we look back at uh, Blake Barnett, and even at times we look at Antonio Alfano and Ayabi Anoma, and we just go, why? Why did it not work? I mean, they were a five-star. They were talented. They were gifted. They had all the tools. They had all the traits. Why did it not work? Is there something wrong with the coaching staff? Is there something wrong over here? Is there something wrong over there? Why did these guys not pick it up? Like, you have a lot of fans that get really concerned because they want to see every five-star make it. They want to see every five-star ball. They want to see every five-star have you know, some type of success. And for Ben, he's looking square in the face of a situation where he is getting what not a lot of people get. He could have gone to the transfer portal. He could have said, screw it, forget it, I'm done, I'm out of here. Obviously, the guys are coming in. They're talking about all of these freshmen over me. I've seen guys get drafted. I haven't had my moment yet. And uh, despite all that has happened with Ben, some of it he brought some of it he brought on himself. But despite all that's happened to Ben in terms of football, he looks upright. The door is not closed. The door is not even cracked. It's darn near wide open. It's wide open because for the first time at that outside linebacker position, there's not much experience, if any, at all. Ben Davis is the oldest guy in the room. Think about that for a moment. Just, just, just let that marinate around the cerebellum right quick. Ben is the oldest guy in the room. Redshirt senior, 6'3", 243 pounds. Chris Allen has some game experience, but not all that much, just 16 games. You look at King Wakuda, you know, he hasn't, he played some last season, but not all that much. Kevin Harris, the second, same deal. Uh, Jarrett Park, same deal. And though you've got, you know, some freshmen that fans are very excited about. I mean, people are antsy to see Will Anderson. They're antsy to see Drew Sanders. They're antsy to see Chris Broswell. They're antsy to see Quandarius Robinson. So there are some freshmen that people are excited about. But Ben Davis, for the first time, despite all that's happened to him, he looks in front of him and he goes, my God, I have a chance. Despite all that's happened to me, there's still hope. Like, I can still capitalize on a season. There's potential for Ben Davis to go out here in 2020, potentially start, and have a year where maybe he can pick up 50 tackles. Maybe he can pick up, you know, five to six tackles for loss. You know, maybe he can have four to five sacks. Maybe he can have, you know, five to six quarterback curries. Maybe he can produce some numbers that at the end of the day, though it didn't start off great, he can possibly end his career maybe getting picked up by an NFL team at the next level. Maybe there's a shot. There's opportunity. Like, you've, you've had some folks that have just written Ben Davis off the face of the earth. He's a bomb. He's a bust. He's done. Scrap him. Put a fork in him. That goose is cooked. He can't do it no more. And then you have other fans going, I still believe in you, Ben. 
Still believe in your BD. Still believe it. Still believe in your Uno. He's just taking. It's just taking him. It's just taking him some time. It's just taking him a moment. He's just trying to find himself as a player, as a person. There's still a shot. I'm not giving up on Ben Davis. And despite all that's happened, people, Ben Davis is looking at this entire situation like, I've got a chance. I, I, I've got a chance. I've seen, I've seen Anthony Jennings come and go. I've seen Terrell Lewis come and go. I've seen uh, Tim Williams come and go. I've seen Ryan Anderson come and go. Christian Miller, Jamie Mosley. I've seen so many guys that taught me the game, so to speak, come and go. I've even seen Mac Wilson, the brother that came in here with me, come and go. And uh, there is still an opportunity. There's still an opportunity for me to go out here in this upcoming season, have my say, and put together a season where I can leave the last impression in the mouth in the minds of fans going, you know what? It was tough on Ben. It was hard on Davis. It wasn't easy, but the young man didn't quit. The young man stuck to it. The young man kept fighting. And what do you know? He has his swan song moment, and it's a great one for Ben Davis. So the young man, very confident that he's going to have an opportunity to start this year at one of the two outside linebacker positions he's been talking about it uh, thus far in the offseason we'll see what happens still holding out hope for bd we'll see what happens we take our next break here on the show don't touch that down though folks when we come back we unpack more of your phone calls your thoughts your questions your opinions right after this Town Menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We are back on you, Crimson Tide Nation, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the network, 205-448-1358. We take our next caller right now. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, this is Mike from Kentucky, Steve. How you doing? Hey, Mike, doing well, man. Glad to have you back in here. Yeah, uh, I'm... I've been uh, watching quite a bit of film on this Wake Forest transfer quarterback that's going to be playing for Georgia next year. He's pretty okay. darn good. Uh, you know, I threw out the Clemson game because, I mean, let's face it, that's a Brent Venables defense. He's probably the best coordinator in the country at disguising pass coverages. But, uh, you know, Georgia's going to be inexperienced on the offensive line, but they're going to put that kid in a run-pass option offense. He's going to be hard to get off the field. You know, you don't want to be turning the ball over on this kid and giving him a short field. Uh, I'm actually pretty impressed about him. I, I think Alabama is going to have the the firepower on offense to outscore Georgia, but uh, that's not going to be an easy game by any means, Steve. It's not. It's not going to be an easy game. George is going to be a tough test regardless. It just comes down defensively to, and you mentioned the guy, Jamie Newman, very athletic. It comes down to discipline, first off, by the defensive ends. Barmore and, and LeBron Ray, you got to be disciplined. DJ Dale up the middle has got to be disciplined, and it's discipline you know, from the linebackers, knowing what, knowing what gap to go into, and you know, more importantly, finding ways to make him uncomfortable. Of course, the fans inside Brian Denny will do that but in terms of the players uh just make just find a way to make the young man uncomfortable yeah since Harry's gonna have to have his outside linebackers uh on point you know or, or that game could be uh be closer than i'd like to see it 
Uh, I'm definitely going to be looking for them to use him. He'll be, he'll be used in a, he can drop back and sling the ball pretty darn good, you know, as a drop back passer. But I think due to the offensive line, they're going to use him in a, with a moving pocket to kind of offset for that inexperience they're going to have early in the year up front. I think it's going to be a more interesting game than people think, but I think Bama will get the win. Roll Tide, brother. You have a great day. Appreciate it, Mike from Kentucky dropping a line here, helping us out on this show. But we have another call in the queue on a Monday. You guys lighten us up. What's going on? You're on in my own words. Hey, how you doing today, man? I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia, man. All right, man. What's going on? All right, man. I'm just calling in today, man. I just want to talk a little bit about the starting linebackers. I really feel comfortable about Christian Lee and Dylan Moses starting. That's really who I want to see start. I feel like Christian Lee is young. He's pretty big, fast, and pretty agile. And he's pretty elusive. And he played running back in high school. I'm pretty comfortable with him. I like Shane Lee in the dime package. He's pretty defensive and kind of stiff in the legs. But I really hope that Pete Golden starts Christian Lee and Dylan Moses. Uh, and I hope he's going to I was saying uh, Pete Golden is going to start Christian Harris and Dylan Moses. Christian Harris and Dylan Moses are both going to start. I see in that dime package is going to be Ala Cajo. Cajo is going to start in that dime. I mean, uh, Shane Lee is going to get some work in. I know, uh, you know Dr. Ray is going to be working with him on you know, getting his speed in order, getting his hip motion, the ability to flip his hips in order, uh, more fluid in that regard. But I feel like the starting two will be Dylan Moses, Christian Harris, and then and that dime look, you know, look for Ala Cajo to really, you know, make his name right there. Mm-hmm. That was my main question right there. I mean, I love Ben Davis. I've been watching Ben Davis since high school. I know his dad is a legend. And I really, I hope for the best for the guy, but I feel like those young freshmen coming in are just mad, they're hungry, and they're just adults. Will Anderson, Twitch, sort of like the Terrell Lewis. Well, excuse me, I said Terrell Lewis, but I meant the other guy. But he's gone now. But I really like Will Anderson and Drew Sanders. We're going to see, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun time in summer practice once they get that started. I can't wait for fall camp. But, uh, man, we appreciate the call, man. Keep vibing with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Guys, lighten us up here on the call line. But uh, we, go to our, we go to our interesting topic here on the show, and it's I got this question, John, from a fan on uh, over the weekend, and the fan was asking uh, – how many night games could Alabama get this year? Because Alabama did not have a lot of night games this past season. The first night game came against Tennessee where, you know, the tie got to unveil the LED lighting feature inside Brian Denny. I mean, that thing is cool. John, have you ever seen that before? You know what? Um, I haven't got to go to any night games yet. I saw it on TV, though. <laughs> John, you know what? We're putting this on the poll. We're getting John some tickets. <laughs> We're getting John some tickets so John can get to these night games to see this because th th this is gorgeous. That LED night feature is amazing. But in terms of this season, I think, I think th there's potential for a couple of night games. The first one has to be Georgia. I mean, uh, Alabama-Georgia off the bat, week three, and Bryant-Denny must be a night game because you look at the uh, – this, this could be the prelude to the SEC championship. This could be a prelude to we could potentially maybe see both of these two teams in the college football playoff, maybe. And with the familiarity that surrounds both programs, having that as a night game would be a good one. But we go to another call in the queue. You're live here on, in my own words, what's going on on a Monday? Hi. This is hey, what's going on? Nothing. Awesome. Hey, we were just calling to check in. We appreciate the love there, Cleo. Hey, continue doing your thing. Appreciate it. And Amanda, too. Uh, Amanda and Cole, too? Hi. Oh, oh, you know what? I feel the love today. I got two of my favorite people to call in here. Hey, appreciate y'all. Y'all continue to listen to us. 
All right. Talk to you later. All right. We're getting love here on this show. But, JP, back to the idea at hand here. Uh, Georgia night game. Definite night game there for Georgia, in my opinion. Uh, another game that could be a night game, Texas A&M. But it comes down to which version of the Aggies do we see, right? Do we see a Jimbo Fisher that can really get Kellen Mond playing uh, above what we have seen him play? And uh, can A&M's defense be uh, even better? Can, can it work on being even better this year? So I look at you know A&M. If they come in against Alabama undefeated, or if they come in with one loss, that's potentially that's particularly that's potentially a night game. And of course Auburn, depending on how Gus Malzahn has the Tigers coming in, how much better does Bo Nix look? Does Auburn allow the offensive coordinator to, to call the plays? We know what Kevin Steele brings defensively. That could maybe be a night game. How the Tigers could look there. And the number four, Mississippi State, kind of the same deal. So. The one game definitely a night game is Georgia. If Georgia's not a night game, we got problems. But the three possibilities, A&M, Auburn, Mississippi State, just depending on how do these two teams enter that week of the matchup against the Crimson Tide. But we take another break here, folks, on the show. Don't touch that down. Appreciate everybody that's been lighting us up in the call-in line and also the, the YouTube chat line as well. Upon our return, we get into the quarterback race for Alabama. How much can Bryce Young push? How big will his push be? Can Mac Jones fend off the talented freshman? We discuss it after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. And we are back in, folks. Hottest show on the streets here. Best form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information in my own words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, got the man John Ivory rocking and rolling here with me, and we appreciate you, the Alabama football fan base, for lighting us up this entire day. But we get into now the Alabama quarterback race how effective, how efficient will Bryce Young push? Now, Bryce, as we all know, coming in from modern day high school, Santa Ana, California, had a tremendous high school career. Over 13,000 passing yards, over 174 total touchdowns, 152 of those passing. A guy that was a five-star no quarterback, a guy that was a state champion in high school just every single accolade you can imagine you know Bryce Young was able to snatch that and more getting things done and you as U.S. fans very excited to see what this young man can do me and the media want to see what he is made of in terms of the future of Alabama football where that is concerned he's added some weight he's now six foot you know six feet two, 190 pounds now and when he got to you know Alabama on June 1st to work out with some of the wide receivers, the offensive line, and you know, other players starting to kind of build that chemistry and that camaraderie. He's going to get on the field. Bryce Young is going to get on the field. He is going to have some moments that will wow fans, that will excite fans, that will entertain fans. I'm not going to sit there and say he will not have those moments because he absolutely will have those moments. And in, in, in a situation where Mac Jones – just completely sort of kind of falls apart. Nick Saban 
will have no problem going to Young just due to he's done this before. You know, if Tua Tagovailoa in the you know 2017 season, the 2018 you know national championship game. But when I look at Mac Jones here, Mac Jones is just as competitive as as Bryce Young is, and you know here's a guy that here's a guy right here that. You go back and you look at last season. You go back and you look at last season where, you know, Mac is concerned. And he played in 12 games. He started in four of those 12 games. Now, I took out the Western Carolina game because that's a gimme game. That's an easy game. You're supposed to win that game. So, I looked at Mac Jones' three starts against defenses against defenses that actually had a pulse. And that was Arkansas, Michigan, and Auburn. And I threw in some names here of guys that started the entire season are started in more games than Jones did. So you have Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, Justin Fields of Ohio State, Joe Burrow of LSU, Tua Tagovailoa of Alabama, Justin Herbert of Oregon, and Jalen Hurts of Oklahoma. And when you look at these names here, starting this thing off with QBR, you know, quarterback rating, Joe Burrow at the highest QBR of all of these guys at 94.9, highest in the SEC, highest in the country. You know, Tua came behind him at 94.8. You had Justin Fields, 92.1. Jalen Hurts, 89.7. Trevor Lawrence, 87.3. And then, of course, Justin Herbert at 74.7. But when I looked at Mac Jones against Arkansas, he had a quarterback rating of nearly 92, 91.9. Against, Ar- against Auburn, had a rating of near 90, 89.8. And against Michigan, 95.3. So adding those up, dividing by three, he has an average quarterback rating of 92.3. 92.3 for Mac Jones in three games here. So in three games he started in, Against quarterbacks that played a full season, started a full season, or started more games than Jones did, Jones had the third highest QBR in the SEC behind only Burrow and Tua. And then he had the third highest QBR in the country behind just Burrow and Tua. And uh, along with that, you look at his passer rating, Jones's passer rating was 197.5. Third highest passer rating in the SEC. Third highest passer rating in the country. Against the teams that, of course, Jones played against, the three teams I've mentioned, Arkansas, Auburn, and Michigan, combined, he had near 1,000 yards passing, 994. He had 10 touchdown passes to two picks, a great ratio. Had a completion percentage of 70.8. You don't see many NFL quarterbacks hitting at that type of clip. He was only sacked one time a season ago. The offensive line did a bang-up good job. And in terms of you know these three teams that had players on their defensive fronts to get drafted, you know, seven players combined from those three teams had players to make an NFL roster, and Mac Jones tore those guys completely apart. So I know stats don't tell everything. I know stats don't mean everything, but they do give a pretty vivid picture. And just judging from these numbers, it just looks like judging from these numbers, Mac Jones has the capability. He has the potential. He has the wherewithal to take this team, right? And lead this team to, you know, a national championship and win that national championship. Bryce Young is going to push. Don't get me wrong. He is going to get into this this rotation as he's already in the rotation. He is going to make everybody around him better. He's going to have, he's going to get into games. He's going to wow people. I even feel like there may be a game that he starts in, and it could be against UT Martin as Alabama could rest the starters, put you know, Bryce Young on the field against UT Martin, just see, you know, how he's able to maneuver and do in that matchup right there. But if there was to come a situation where, you know, a Mac Jones would fall completely off the face of the map like Space Jams, then we could kind of see, you know, having Bryce Young being thrust out there. But as of right now, I think week one of the college football season, Bryce plays, 
But Mac Jones starts week one. He hasn't given people a reason to not trust his ability to start week one of the season. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on the Crimson Tide. You can get this from downloading the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You can get you can do it from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone for your audio listening needs. We got you covered on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Overcast.fm. We got you covered if the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I will return on Wednesday talking Crimson Tide football. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands, children. Do those things legitimately now to not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself, protect the loved ones around you. Till next time, folks, spending my own words. <laughs>